0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Tonight, we're going to be talking all about students and what they are using in their classroom to help them with social and emotional learning. We have two great guests that are experts in the field, and we can't wait to hear what they have to say on the topic. First, I want to bring on our tech educator co host, Rob Pennington. How are you today? Welcome back to the show.
1: I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Of course, Rob, it is the season. It is November. That could only mean one thing. Ed Camp, New Jersey is coming up. Are you uh, are you looking forward to the great things happening this year at Ed Camp?
1: Can't wait. This this weekend
0: Absolutely. This weekend, we're going to have such a great time. I believe it's the sixth annual ed camp, if I'm correct about that. And of course, we're looking forward to all the great things. Of course, we had a fantastic time in Atlantic City this past weekend. We had 20,000 educators come by the, uh, the, te- the, uh, the Atlantic City Convention Center. Hundreds of people stopped by the TeacherCast booth. As we did, oh, about 15 or so presentations um, on anything from Google Slides, Google Sites, websites, WordPress, Final Cut, you name it. We had a great time. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. I want to bring on Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. And uh, you are, are doing some pretty cool stuff out there. How are the puppets today?
2: The puppets are doing very well. We recently finished our STEM sloth build and we are currently crowdsourcing a parody song that might be fluff enough to impress you. Are you going to do a a a, a a a
0: ditty if you say? See, I'm trying to I'm trying to, to bring this in. Are you doing a ditty with your with your puppets?
2: The 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 puppets will be doing a full-on jam, but it won't be today.
0: I understand that Walker wants to change his name also to Brother Love. Is that true? He's already done it and changed it back. Now, I was reading uh, Waka's uh, Twitter account, and he's been having some problems with the other puppets. And so that is the reasoning behind doing the show today on social and emotional learning. We have a great pair of guests today. Uh, I want to bring on Peter Kraft, who is the president and co-founder of Evolution Labs. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show today. How are you?
3: Very well, Jeff. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what is Evolution Labs?
3: Uh, it is our third business in the ed tech space. We started in higher ed. We learned a lot about uh, why college students succeed and why some of them don't. And we actually reverse engineered the content down to a K-12 level. So Evolution Labs is really the, uh, the third iteration of our technology and we work... Uh, in the K2, K-20 uh, landscape for, uh, uh, with, with, um, with students helping them succeed academically and socially.
0: And, of course, you can find more information out on Twitter at Evolution Labs Ed. And you brought uh, somebody with you today. Why don't you introduce our, our second guest here?
3: Yep. Yeah, the, the brains of the operation is Joey Azulai. He's our content director. And, Joey, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little about yourself? Sure. Hey, everybody.
4: I'm Joey. I'm I'm the brains. Peter is the is the look, obviously. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm the uh, director of content at Evolution Lab. So it's my job to work with subject matter experts and educators in developing the content and and the, the program. Great. Thanks.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the show. And uh, again, if you're out there listening, you can check us out on TeacherCast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all things TeacherCast. And uh, we hope that uh, you reach out and contact us for this show. It's a great topic. Um, Peter, let me just start with you here. How do we define social and emotional learning? What, what are some of the things we have to look at? Is, is there a curriculum? What, what is the whole topic about today?
3: I think, you know, one of the things we've learned over the years, uh, and in particular, it was through a relationship with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Gates Millennium Scholars. They interviewed their students and found that only one in 10 students were leaving or dropping out of school or failing out uh, due to academic reasons. So there, there were these nine out of 10 other reasons why students were leaving. And so we ultimately learned that it was these social and emotional reasons, respect, um, uh, character development, um, uh, social and emotional uh, responsibility, ethical responsibility. So, there's this whole sort of list of things that really shape a, a student and an, and an adult. And that, and interestingly, those things actually influence a student's academic performance as well.
0: And what are, when we're looking at this, and especially when we're looking at students and how they're performing in the classroom, what are some of the signs that we can look at to notice that a student may or may not need some assistance?
3: Well, from a character development standpoint, it's um, simple things like you all probably remember in class. Either you were doing them or noticed other kids doing them. Uh, not raising your hand, uh, being disrespectful to the teacher. um, Uh, not paying attention, uh, talking to other students, uh, you know, and nowadays, frankly, there are things that are, frankly, a lot worse, you know, extreme disruption in a classroom, students being um, extremely disrespectful. Um, Joey, you could probably add to some of those.
4: Yeah, and I think an important thing to also mention is that you know, I think educators are are learning or have really always known that it's not just for the for the students who are acting out. It's really really something that everyone should be kind of paying attention into their own lives, their relationships, the, their relationship with themselves, um, the way that they go about making decisions and solving problems. These are sort of foundational things that you know some some students learn at home or through, you know, experiencing life. And and some students don't necessarily get the opportunity to really model all of those things. And so what we try to do is, is bring that learning, bring that modeling into schools whenever we can. So.
2: And it's, it's healthier if it's just part of that conversation where it's like, Oh, we're all talking about, you know, how we interact with each other and how we treat each other. It's not just a, you know, punitive measure.
3: That's
1: right. And I, as an elementary assistant principal, this is an area of focus for our school. I mean, I, it is, you know, we give a school climate survey every year, and this is an area that we seem to score a little bit lower on is that social emotional security. And I think it's really important to, that we are teaching all students and we are, it is part of the fabric of the school.
0: Well, Rob, as, as that assistant principal, I, and I know we've talked on the show before, you, you're still relatively new in that area. Are these things that you're focused on, that you're looking for? Or are these concerns that the teacher brings to you? Or as the building administrator, are you on the lookout for things? I mean, do you pop into classrooms
1: to see who's not raising their hand? Uh, all the time. I mean, we're doing a lot of work. We're using different programs, at, like each grade level is actually taking on a, a project, so to speak, with their students to help build the social emotional security of our students, because the data is telling us that this is an area of weakness for our, our school. So we have teams that are implementing different activities. I mean, we have PBIS, which is a positive behavior support system. But we're also looking to really build self-confidence and to get students to just feel good in their own skin and feel part of the community.
0: I mean, well, Pete, Rob just said this is an area of concern for his building. Couldn't it be said that this is an area for concern of all buildings? I mean, have you run into any schools that have come to you and said, nope, my, my students are perfect. We have no issues
3: here. No, and and it's interesting. I, I I definitely don't think it's unique to his building, and I don't think he him implied that at all. I think that even kids that are academically performing better are dealing with these SNL issues um, in in different ways. So maybe they're dealing with test taking anxiety because they uh, are feeling certain pressures that uh, that other kids are not feeling at other schools. But things like um, help seeking and help giving, working effectively in groups, positive and realistic goals. You know, all these things affect students uh, at all levels across rural and urban and suburban areas. So I think it's across every school, really. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is to is to meet with all of these administrators and educators in different types of school districts and, and see the similarities and the differences where we have one school or one district who is worried about violence or, you know, or um, difficult home life where there's a lot of distractions in that way. And then we see the total opposite where um, the pressures are really coming from high expectations and, you um, and academics and, and the, you know, the pursuit of success and, uh, and we, and what's great is to realize that what is in common is really the most important things is, is, uh, you know, how you build relationships and how you sort of handle challenges and those things need to be brought into schools contextually, you know, like you know, Rob's school, um, may have a specific culture and I think it's important to work closely with the people at each specific school and at each level of stakeholders, because it's all contextual and nobody knows their students, their child better than the people in the school. What we, we try to do is provide them with a common language and a common curriculum Um, to sort of like use as a tool.
0: Now, Sam, you're in a unique situation because you get to see and correct me here. You get to see all the kids. So you're not with the same 30, right? I work pre-K
2: through six. I'm a specialist. I work pre-K through sixth grade and I see them all.
0: So how do you communicate with the teachers or do you communicate with the teachers to see, you know, hey, are there any students this week having issues? Your job is essentially to put them all in a big, huge room and say play.
2: Well, I'm lucky enough that the teachers often come with the kids, but when there are issues and we know that Jimmy and Johnny should not be in the same group, even if we just have like one second of overlap, like that's the kind of information that we're handing off. Um, because in, uh, it's especially important in makerspace. We do pay a lot of attention to social emotional issues because it's a creative space. And we have our egos pretty fully exposed when we're doing creative work. And you have to work with the kids on that. So kind of knowing what our baseline is when we start off can be important.
0: Now, Pete, one of the important things that we can do is to really get a hold of where the kids are in their world. I mean, we we kind of joke around a lot and say that you know the kids of this generation are not like the kids of my generation or the kids of Sam's generation. And so how do we meet those kids where they are if they're not of our, you know, learning class. I'm not sure what the right words are there, but, but how do we do that, Peter?
3: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we can sort of joke about it and say, you know, they're dealing with a lot of the same things we dealt with as kids, but frankly, they're also dealing with some things we didn't deal with like social media, for example. And when you think about things, not just like bullying, but cyberbullying, um, those are the things that these kids are dealing with that, uh, we don't really have any experience with as a child. So what we have found is that recognizing that they live in a web and mobile world, and we just try to meet them in that world by delivering content to them, uh, where they're more likely to consume it. But kids
0: these days are more introverted or is that not true? I mean, you could look at, you know, I always say I'm a child of the eighties. We went out on our bikes, we were playing football in the street at all hours. And the kids these days were, we're, we're not doing that. Um,
4: well, it's actually funny because they're, I think that probably they're every bit as social, but it's happening in a very different way where they might be in their bedroom, but they're actually hanging out with their friends because they're all texting or on Instagram or whatever it is. And so it's funny because, you know, working from a technology, as a, in a technology company that the problem and the solution are kind of all one in our mind where like the social alienation and the anxiety that comes from social media because of negativity or whatever or whatever it is is also can be a power for for good really where those same powerful instruments can be used to spread positivity rather than negativity and and so so it's 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 a fascinating it's a fascinating time really There was a
0: a slide the other day. I saw a picture. It was a picture of George Kuros doing a presentation. I don't know if you guys caught this, but the slide was very simple. It said 10 years ago, we were telling kids not to get in the car with strangers and not to talk to people we don't know. And here we are calling Uber and telling them to get onto Twitter and how times have changed. Have they changed really? Or is this just another way of expression and another way of communication?
4: I don't know that they've changed. But I'm probably the among the youngest in the room, so I don't know. Oh, you think
3: so? Huh. I would guess. I think I think we're still telling kids to you know, do get in a car with a stranger. Um but to to Joey's point, that that world has really expanded beyond the physical into the into the digital. You know, it used to be all right, so you know 10 15 years ago don't go in chat rooms uh, where you don't know anyone that's in there now they're playing uh you know my son is probably upstairs on xbox right now uh playing with kids uh, across the world and
2: it's well they're um, all his own cl- close personal friends right they're all real life friends he's met face to face you know their parents <laughs> of course of
3: course <laughs> and you read but through I the transcript
2: I, of what he said right, right every night yeah you know, it,
3: but it's, it's so interesting what always said because it's so true. It's, and you know, Jeff, you're right. It's just, it's a different world. A lot of the same issues, but they're dealing with it in a different context. They're dealing with it in a different
1: environment. And they're dealing with it, I, th- I think, all day. Um, I think that, say, 20 years ago, if you were, if something was happening at school, when you left school and came home, you actually had some solace. Now, Right. It, it could be happening it all night online. Happening. Correct. Yeah. There yeah. isn't a great stop. point. There isn't a stop to that. So
0: well, how do we get around that? I, I would assume that with everything going on, it's easier for teachers to accuse students of behaviors that maybe they don't understand, they don't like. And I would assume that there's a rise in kids who might be stuck in detention, stuck in ISS. Are our studi- our school districts these days trying to figure out how to reinvent the term detention or suspension to maybe keep up with modern times and modern learning styles?
3: Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the the reality is, frankly, not much has changed. But I think schools, and Rob, you could probably speak to this better than I can, recognize that something does need to change.
1: I mean, one of the things that we, you know, talk about all the time is just giving someone a detention isn't going to change behaviors. It really, there has to be a teaching component that's, that goes along with it. The only way, you know, you can't just say, okay, this.
2: I'm going to detain you.
1: Yeah, Correct. And that is going to change the behavior. That's going to be the deterrent to stop negative behavior because in reality, it's not because it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just, okay, if I, if I do this and, and I get a detention, that's gonna stop me from doing it again. It's just not the case. Um, there has to be that teaching component that goes along with it and really building the relationships with students and having conversations and getting to know them and really deducing what the issue is and why this child is doing certain things. So
2: well, and st- in, in the classic model, detention requires someone else, somewhere else, to get pissed off at you for getting the detention, right? Our school, it was like after-school detention or Saturday school, and that was to make sure that it was a hassle for your folks, right? You couldn't take the bus home. They had to come pick you up. They had to drop you off at school. You were going to get a talking to in the car on the way to or from, and that's why detention was happening, right? They're like, okay, good you did this thing, we're not happy with the fact you did this, we're going to make your parents yell at you by inconveniencing them. And, and that's a horrible model. Right.
4: And it's actually, it's an interesting point, Sam, especially um, because of, you know, our approach and approach that a lot of educators are now taking with restorative justice, where it's not enough to sort of serve your penance, but you also realize that you're affecting other people and you have to make it right by them.
0: So what do we do? Let's say that Sam walks into his studio one day and he sees one puppet not talking well to the other puppets and he has to sit that puppet down. Um, Rob, what advice do you give your teachers or what advice would you give Sam if he was in a room where some one of his puppets really was a little off that day or that week?
1: Sam, since it's about puppets, I'm going to let you go first.
2: Oh well, you know, I I just beat the stuffing out of them because <laughs> oh they're puppets. <my> <laughs> Problem solved. You know, because right. back in my day, we handled all these problems with getting hit in the no. face. Oh, right, God. if you were out of hand, at well, some point somebody would hit you in the face. But that's just not that's not today's world. Good, right? good night, everybody. Not at all, right?
0: Um, this is why we but, have Rob, the administrator, on Sam.
1: Right. <laughs> Um, I I think that a lot of it does come down to the relationships that people have with their uh, teachers have with their students. I think that that's the, you have to know your kids, you have to know what's going on. And, and, and I do feel that by being proactive, by working with your kids, you you'll notice that something's off before something happens. That's the ideal situation is, by having those relationships. Now, does that mean that it's going to stop all occurrences? Absolutely not. But when something does happen, I I do think that it's an opportunity to, it's a teaching opportunity for us as a school to work with the student to, you know, Well,
2: when those opportunities pop up, that's when you really collect on the investment you've made in training and relationship building yourself, right? Like, if you've trained your staff, if you've had these conversations ahead of time, you've done some role playing, then they're going to know what kind of tack to take as they enter into that situation, how to deescalate it, how to get the parties to think about what they've done, whom they've affected and how to begin to fix what happened in addition to doing whatever documentation, paperwork, et cetera, has to go with it.
1: And I also think that from a teaching standpoint, there has to be some of that culture built into the classroom. There has to be, you know, activities or lessons that are kind of supporting the classroom culture.
0: You know, the one thing I think I learned tonight is that this is a relevant topic to any building, whether it be public, private, religious, you know, grade K, school, any
1: five, six, K five,
0: everything, or oh, or a bunch of triplets sitting here, right? Like, they're, they're, everybody has these issues that they have to
2: work with. Um,
0: Pete, I know you're, you guys are going to be
2: their fourth iteration, Jeff. It will be the Evolution Labs Parenting App.
0: <laughs> P- <laughs> Pete, um. You know, you guys do a great job out there. I know you guys were, were recently voted as what, one of the top 10 company. What, what 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 are some of the awards that you guys had Pete for this for Evolution Labs?
3: Uh we were voted one of the top 10 startups to watch although it's been 3 years. <laughs> so uh we're, we're just starting to get traction. But look, you know, we kind of approach it in in two ways. Uh, we feel that there's content that can be delivered to students um to get out ahead of the issue throughout the year to try and prevent issues from happening. Mm -hmm. And then to your point, Jeff, with regards to ISS and detention, uh, we feel that there's content that could be delivered to students to Joey's point for restorative justice and intervention to try and um, engage them in the, the situation that they've put themselves in, whether it's respect or racial slurs or tardiness or absenteeism or academic integrity so there's kind of two ways to approach it. And I think um, what we're trying to do is supplement everything that the, the human experts like Rob and, and, and Sam and other people working in schools are doing to try and meet them in a, a more digital environment, supplement that story.
0: For any school district out there interested in learning more, where can they go?
3: EVP code.com. It's E V P C O.com. Um, and uh, there's a lot of information on our website about what we do and how we do it. And, you know, we uh, travel the country, we meet with schools and districts and still are in higher ed. We often are out visiting colleges and universities still. And it's amazing to see a lot of the same issues, frankly, it's just a, a, a different age. Uh, that students and and Sam I, I don't know if you were joking or not about programming as well.
0: Peter, Joe, I want to say thank you guys so much. Anybody out there is looking for more information, I, I just want to echo what they said. Check them out. The website is evpco.com. You can find them on Twitter at evolutionlabs.com ed all one word there guys thank you so much rob uh where do we learn more about the great stuff that you're doing
1: you can find me on twitter at rob pennington nine
0: and sam where can we find
4: you
2: I am
0: at Sam Patui, P A T U E. You know, as we go through here and we are at uh, episode 173, there's always something to learn here on the Tech Educator Podcast. We are, of course, live each and every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock on uh, teachercast.tv. I think we're going to take next week off. I, Of course, after I say that, next week, of course, is Thanksgiving week. We'll take a week off and then we're going to come back in December. Sam, we're going to be talking a lot about coding and we're going to be discussing the Hour of Code coming. Up, um, what, what what topics might we be discussing when it comes to Hour of Code? I saw a new, uh, let's see, what was it? Code.org and Minecraft just came out with a new uh, Hour of Code
2: game. So I'm not surprised. I expect we'll see a number of things pop up on the Hour of Code website over the next couple of weeks. Excellent. So check that out. Of
0: course, we're going to have a lot more stuff over on TeacherCast.net. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I've said this for the last couple of weeks now, Sam, but uh, things are coming up nicely here for our brand new TeacherCast relaunch and redesign. A lot of people have been writing and saying, in the saying, what is going to be going on in there? I'll tell you what's going to be going on in there. We're going to be launching a brand new podcast. Uh, many people are familiar with the TeacherCast app spotlight where we bring on great app developers and ed tech companies. We're going to be doing a relaunch of that. We're going to be doing a brand new name for that. So not ready to tell you guys yet, but stick around. We have a lot of great stuff going on. Looking to have our relaunch done by January 1st-ish. And hopefully that'll be... uh pretty solid on that date there anyway um thank you guys out there for listening to the teacher cast educational broadcasting network you can of course find us on twitter at teacher cast leave us a voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail and email us with any questions concerns about podcasting wordpress dynamics coding puppetry anything that you want over at feedback at teachercast.net and on behalf of everybody here in the teacher cast educational broadcasting network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.